0: Well, guys, I knew this day would come. It finally happened. TikTok banned my original TikTok account. I know a lot of you guys followed me from TikTok. So if you haven't seen a TikTok from me in quite a while, that's why. You can now follow me on my new TikTok account, at ComeOnManPod. That's all one word, at ComeOnManPod. Please follow me, help me rebuild. I was at almost 30,000 followers when they kicked me off their platform. So come on, follow me back. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you. You, my friend, are listening to Come On Man, a 3% man podcast. I'm your host, Paul Bauer, and I am on the road to being a 3% man, just like you. If you're new to the show, this is a podcast for fellow students of Cordy Wayne's book, How to Be a 3% Man, and for men who just want to be better in general. We talk about dating, gaining wealth, being happy, and using the law of attraction to get everything we want in life. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Come On Man Podcast. I am excited. Uh, these last couple of weeks have been pretty freaking hectic, as you can see in this uh, this episode. Um, I have on a guy named Joe Beautis. I think I pronounced it right. I it's hard to pronounce. Um, it's not butt ice. <laughs> it's Beautis. Anyways, uh, Joe is a good guy, but uh, I had. I originally had his episode scheduled for a certain night and then my day job, I work in IT, we had a major server crash and I was like, "Bro, I can't deal with this tonight, man." And I was like just dealing with disaster recovery type stuff for work and it was just really hectic, so I had to push out a week. And it happened to coincide with a week that I was traveling for work also, so I was in San Diego, so I had to I had to pack my microphone with me. And take it with me on the trip. So the video quality isn't as good as this, <laughs> but the audio quality is. Anyway, before I get too far involved, I want to say if you're listening on iTunes, uh, be sure to give us a five-star review. Take a, take a moment, actually give us a review. It helps more than you know. And if you are watching on YouTube, be sure to like, fave, subscribe, and hit those notifications. All right. So like I said, I had Joe Beautisan, you may know him on TikTok as JB Motivation seven uh, seven seven. Also, men's health and motivation. Uh, his voice is very distinct, so if you're listening on audio and you hear his voice, you might know exactly who I'm talking about. He has, at the time of this recording, about five hundred forty five thousand followers. So he also is the host of a relatively new podcast, and I was on, I think, like his second episode, and it's called the Uncrowned Kings podcast. So definitely check it out. I will post a link to that in the show notes, and I will also bring you the conversation with Joe right after this. You'll never believe what Duke Cannon did. In fact, I thought if I told you guys about it, you might revoke my man card. But then it hit me. This could be awesome for all of us. Duke Cannon has released a new basic ass pumpkin spice latte scented bar of soap. Now hear me out here. This thing is guaranteed to bring all the basic white girls to the yard. Hell, they may even show up wearing nothing but their Ugg boots. To get yours, visit duke.comeonmanpod.com or click the link in the show notes and you'll get free shipping. Using this link tells them I sent you, so you help me out, and you get free shipping in return. So it's win-win. That's duke.comeonmanpod.com or use the link in the show notes. It's pumpkin spice season, so use it to your advantage, men. All right. With me this week is Joe Beautis. I pronounced that right. We just yeah, talked did. about this. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he has a huge following on Instagram and TikTok. You probably know him as JB Motivation or JB Motivation 777. What's up, brother?
1: How you doing, man? How you doing?
0: Ah, living the dream. Before, <laughs> before we get too far into this, I just want to say, like, I appreciate that you had me on your Uncrowned Kings podcast. Mm-hmm. a little while back. And then you you also agreed to come on my show. And I, I'm not sure if you experienced this, this yet, but the first time I offered some kind of guest swap like this, I had a guy, he, he was like all excited to come on my podcast to promote his podcast. And mm-hmm. so I had him come on and he was a great guest and everything. And after that was done, I was like, so when am I coming on your podcast? And he was like, <laughs> Gave me the runaround, and he was like, look, I basically did you a favor. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what? Okay. <laughs> so, I, I, Have you experienced anything like that, trying to get guests? Um, not really. The only other guest podcast
1: I've been on, the first one I ever did was really weird. The dude gave me just really weird vibes. I didn't know what I was doing, so it was the first podcast I was ever a guest on. And the questions he was asking, it just it got really weird. I was very uncomfortable. The mm. second one was actually the... Um, What's it? The Josh Terry podcast, the uh, religion, whiskey and politics or whatever. Okay. To a couple Alabama dudes really cool. That was really fun to be on. I might reach out to him to see if you'd like to be a guest on mine, but so far that's, that's not an issue I've kind of run into.
0: Oh, okay. Well get ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's, there's so like, there's some, it's interesting, man. I, uh, I know like you've been reaching out to other like TikTok creators and stuff like that. Uh, you know, to, to collaborate and and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and one thing I noticed, and I talked to um, Emily King. She was on uh, a while back, and I, you know, I told her like how how nice it was of you know of her to come on the podcast, and you know, scheduling was easy with her and everything. And I said, but you know, I've had guests or, or I've had like other TikTok creators where I've reached out and they just sort of like blow me off. It's like you know, I don't know, or they'll reach out and I'm like, yeah, I'd love to have you on. And then I don't hear from him again. It's like, what's going on with this?
1: Yeah. I'm kind of on the same boat as you i have kind of experienced that more people I reach out to either. We can't get our schedules to align or something happens and then we just can't follow through. Or it's like, everyone's so going "Oh Yeah, man, I'd love to do it. Love to be on, give me the information. And then it's just like, no give and take. It's like, okay, I tried. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's that's the only really frustrating thing. But uh, there's there's a lot of good creators out there that like are totally w- willing to come on and and do this kind of thing. And I I love this stuff, man. Like I love talking to other TikTokers, just getting their take on you know the algorithm and like the 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 nonsense of you know getting videos flagged for like no reason, and just and also just understanding like their creative mindset with how they do their videos and stuff like that. I just, I think it's fascinating. I love this stuff. Oh, absolutely. So I have a whole list of things here I, I wanted to go through. Um, and the first one is you're a, you're a Marine Corps veteran, correct? Yes, I am. How, how long did you serve in the Marines?
1: So I, I only served about two years because I, I got hurt really bad and I was deemed non-deployable. As soon as Marine Corps here is non-deployable, they kiss your little ass goodbye.
0: Oh, that's unfortunate. Um, yeah, that was one of my other questions. Why, why you got out. So can you tell us, uh, like the area of operations you served in?
1: So I was over in Fort Lee. And I was trying to get all my paperwork through. because so I had to get an MOS change so I can no longer be infantry. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> gentlemen, never, never chase a girl for your career path. Cause that's where I messed up. <laughs> I had changed my MOS to a rigger, which is what my ex-fiancee at the time was going to do. And I wanted to join forces with her and be be a power couple. And God showed me that was definitely not the right move because riggers are required to go to jump school, which is a whole medical evaluation, a little bit deeper than we usually get. And they uncovered everything I was trying to, you know, hide in the court and kind of tucked away for me so I could stay in. So I was like, I didn't. I feel like I didn't really get to serve my full purpose in the Marine Corps either.
0: Mm, got it. And just for people listening that uh, haven't served in the military, MOS is basically your job title, like what what it is you do. And I was in the Navy; we called it a rate, but it's the it's the same thing. Like it, you go in, and uh, a lot of people I don't I don't think they realize this, but not everyone does the same job in the military. So you go in, uh, and depending on your ASVAB score, they you know, you you can pick various jobs to do. And uh, yeah, the Marines, they just call that, they call that an MOS. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So you're only in two years. Uh, So then I take it you, you never, uh, you weren't, you weren't a seafaring Marine. You never went out on a ship or anything.
1: No. So when I went in, I went in as an 0311, but I was subcontracted security detail. Well, little did I know part of security detail is presidential detail. And that was just the job I got selected for through the heavily interrogation and questioning and evaluation and everything. So I did a complete U-turn of what I originally wanted to do. I wanted to go overseas. I wanted to be in it. I wanted to feel like I was actually serving my country. Well, the United States Marine Corps said, no, we have a different plan for you. You're going to do a we say, and you're going to stay in the States.
0: Mm, got it. Okay. So you just, you spent the whole time stateside. Mm-hmm. I think you know there's funny there's a lot of people I think in the military also that would like to just spend their whole time see, stay inside. <laughs>
1: like, here's the difference though because yeah. I get a lot of really salty veterans or whatever on my lines or on my feeds or whatever that I don't know, just are so insecure with themselves that they project it onto me. Yeah. But there's a lot of people that say you know I didn't really serve, I didn't really, you know, do what I I went there to do. And it kind of hurts a little bit to what you're saying cuz they're right. I do feel like I didn't properly serve my country. I feel like I didn't do the most I was able to do. But then again, a lot of it was out of my control. I didn't ask ask to get out. You could ask my entire command. We all fought tooth and nail to keep my ass in. So, like, I get it. If you didn't want to go overseas, that's on you. But for someone who really wanted to make the most out of the Marine Corps and really give my everything and serve my people and my country appropriately, it hurts not being able to
0: fulfill those duties. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you on that. Um, why? What made you want to go in the Marines?
1: <laughs> you want to go down this rabbit hole? I'm
0: yeah. yeah, we got a whole hour to fill. <laughs> um,
1: long story short, the, my baby mama, the mother of my son were not not doing well at that time. I uh, had left her because I found out she had cheated on me. I forgave her, and then I found out literally a couple weeks later she was doing the same shit. like, all right, no, that's not going to happen. You know, I'll still take care of my boy. I'll still provide whatever you need me to do, but I cannot be with you. I cannot be supporting everything while you're getting a willy behind my back and I'm at work. That's just not okay. She took that as I didn't want anything to do with her or my son, just because I didn't want to be or sleep with her. I don't want anything to do with him. Not the case whatsoever. She takes him and leaves, cuts me off, dead, cold turkey, for about two to three months. Very, very bad time in my life. Yeah. You know, I got a roommate that was an extremely bad influence. He got me into smoking and drinking. I've never been much of a drinker, but I smoked a lot. Those just negative coping habits and, you know, being around those negative influences. I wasn't going anywhere. I was just a surfer. I ended up dropping out of college, which was a very prestigious school in Illinois. Um, And then, you know, I, I'm sitting there. I'm realizing I'm not doing anything. Well, lo and behold, God willing, like, that's when the Marine Corps could have texted me and be like, hey, you know what the Marine Corps could do for you? I'm like, what's up? Because I've entertained the idea before, but then my son happened. So it's was like, no, I don't want it anymore. He's like, we can help you get your son back and get you situated without a college degree. I'm like, so done. So I didn't do the whole pulley function, MET program, whatever. No, I didn't give a shit. You get me in, you get me out, you send me on my way. So within three weeks, I was all signed up, ready to go, and I shipped out.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah, I joined. When I joined, I did. I signed up for the delayed enlistment program, so I just like chilled out, uh, you know, for for about a year before I actually shipped out. But so you just were like, get me in three weeks nope, later. Yeah.
1: I, I know that was the fastest way I could establish myself and get myself out of that bad situation without needing a college degree. Yeah. I could have a career. I can get salary. There's a million and a half opportunities to low or to grow and learn. And it was like, what, what am I going to do? Just be stuck as a server and just hope to God she comes back and lets me see my son. It's like, uh-huh. I had to take action, whether or not it was the right action. I, I don't know, but it's a little too late for that now. And God sent me on this path.
0: Yeah, so I, I'm just curious what what was the recruiter's plan as far as getting your kid back? Was it just that you'll have a, a, a potential career in like you know steady income and that will help this, help you in the courts or what?
1: So here here's where I kind of have a resentment towards some sleazy recruiters. Granted, my recruiter was a good, he was a solid guy. We're bros. We still talk here and there, um, but he basically he he kind of was a little two faced. Tell me that they'll give me lawyer support and all the other stuff to basically help fight for my son. That's not the case. What got the it. case is, he will point you in the right direction on where to go. They will not support you in civil courts like that whatsoever. So that's where he was really two-faced, and I kind of got played a little bit on that.
0: End. Got it. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds like some kind of sleazy recruiter bullshit to me, honestly, but... Yeah. Uh, but still, but still just the fact that you join, you have uh, like a steady career, steady income like that, like that can only really help you in court, honestly. Right. right. So that, that, some of that, that makes a little sense to me. Um, so now a lot of us, when we get out of the military or sorry, well, we're in the military, right? Like we have to deal with a lot of nonsense, a lot of,
1: <laughs> a lot of sure dumb shit you want to call
0: it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of dumb shit. And, uh, but it's funny, like when you get out and like, it's funny, I talked to my dad about this all the time. And, and in fact, one of the reasons why I joined the military was because growing up, my dad always had these like crazy old man, Navy sea stories. And I was like, man, I'd love to be able to tell my kids these like crazy old man, Navy sea stories. And, uh, and so like, after I, I you know, when I was in, there was like all this bullshit. I'm like, what, like this stuff sucks, you know? But when I got when I got out, and I've been out for a long time, and even to this day, you tend to only remember like the good stuff, you know, or, or yep. most of the time, you you only really think about the good stuff. Uh, can you tell us a like maybe a short story of one of those good times? Do you have a cool uh, story from like I don't know maybe uh, okay. your MOS school?
1: So I'm I'm trying to think here. So here's one that actually. Transcends just my service in the Marine Corps. My first buddy that I ever made, uh, Graydon Blanc, he he was sitting right next to me. I remember we were in dental, we had just got into boot camp, and he was sitting there and he was you know writing letters to his girlfriend. And he said oh, we're talking back and forth, getting to know each other really well. And he's like, I got to learn that he was more of like a, a man ho in his past, you know, <laughs> a dude stacked up bodies and bodies and bodies. Now it's was just the life he lived. And then he was telling me about this girl and I could almost like feel it, how much he actually cared about her and everything. And it almost kind of moved me a little bit to how much such a good influence of a partner can really impact you because he completely 180 He went from being manhole to, you know, I'm going to wait to even sleep with you until we get married. I'm just that much in love with you and devoted to you. So I made a promise and, you know, your your followers can really take from this is that always be a man of your word. And what I told him in dental, I looked at him I'm like, you know what? If you guys ever do end up getting married, let me know. I don't care where we end up, where we are, what happens. I will show up at your wedding. Lo and behold, three, maybe four years later, they're still together. He sends me an invite. He's like, bro, granted, he's still in. So he's like, I got to act fast. I only have so much leave. He's like, I'm getting married in three days. I'm like. Three days. (laughs) I know. I know. I get that invite. I'm like, I hate you, but I love you. Make a whole bunch of phone calls, got my shifts covered, got my girl, got us ready. We left after work that Tuesday, drove 12 hours into the middle of the country to where he's from to be at his wedding for four hours and then drive 12 hours back, literally right after, all because I promised him, if you get married, I will be there. And I was the only one of his first Marine Corps buddies to actually show up at that wedding and hold my word. And that meant- everything to him.
0: Yeah, I would say so. I mean, that's, uh, that's some really good f- friendship right there. I don't think most people would do that. So that's, yeah, that's pretty solid.
1: That's not friendship. He's my brother. There's a difference. Sure. I can, I consider him family.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would, I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's move on to, to bodybuilding. Uh, Are you a a professional? Because I I think I saw a TikTok video where you were like at a competition. Is that, did I see that? I I wish I was
1: a professional bodybuilder. I do not have that, uh, those credentials. Quite yet, I don't know, we'll see. I am a competitive powerlifter though. Okay. So I I have the best of both worlds. I always figure if I want to look the part, I'm going to play the part too. If I'm going to look strong, I want to be able to pack a punch behind it. Um, I was going to do my first competition this uh this past year, but with COVID and everything, COVID took a halt on everything. Then when things opened up, I was gonna look to do it again. But there's no natural shows around me. Not at all. Not without traveling a decent amount of distance. And then with everything with my own business and you know, JPMotivation.com and the Uncrowned Kings, my movement upright. Um, everything I put on the back end, so right now it's just really easier to stick with powerlifting instead of the grueling discipline. And the beeline focus that you need for bodybuilding.
0: Hmm. Oh, well, what I mean, what's the big difference? That I, I would imagine, like a lot of it is like you know, for bodybuilding competitions, it's, a lot of it's like cutting and and right. stuff like that. Right. Or? so You have
1: the, the, the phase in the winter time, but it's when you're cutting and in contest prep, you need 100 percent focus on that. It's to the point where at like the pro level. They will shut out their family. They will shut out their partners and their friends because all you do is eat, sleep and breathe. That's sport. You may need to make sure you're eating the exact same thing every two hours or whatever your schedule day takes, the proper amount of sleep, massaging your muscles. So they can grow and form properly. You need to make sure your cardio is on track. Sometimes you're doing, you know, two cardio sessions a day on top of everything. It is just so overwhelming and so time consuming. It is like a whole ass another job.
0: Got it. Okay, that's why you have to be a pro so that <laughs>
1: so that you can right, right. That's why people when they do this is like there's no money in bodybuilding, but right. there's money in the sponsorships. Mm-hmm. So when you become pro and you get those sponsorships, one of the big guys I follow, Seth Rose, he, he's not in the bodybuilding game anymore. He started his own company, but when he was, you know, got his first pro card, he got two offers from two supplement companies for fifty thousand dollar contracts
0: each. Oh, okay, yeah, and then so. So each $50,000, so you get $100,000. Is that like an annual or is that like a one-time thing or? No, it,
1: it, it's and then, as long as you're contracted. That's what you get. As soon as your contract yeah. ends, they sign you again.
0: Nice. And so then you can just, yeah, I can see that. You, you can just live on that. And then all, your whole job then is just working out and eating. Right.
1: So, right. Yeah. so to give you an idea, so like the, the old, old Mr. Olympia, Phil Heath, probably one of the most hated Mr. Olympias now because dude's got an attitude problem. But this dude had a chicken sponsorship. So he would have chicken breasts from a chicken company be sent to him every single week. He has all his supplements paid for all his, whatever's paid Like everything ends up just getting paid for you because that is your sport. That is your Mm -hmm. job. Your job is to maintain that image, be on your top game and just show up.
0: Yeah. Got it. Okay. That does sound like, I mean, if you really like love that stuff, then that would be like the ideal job though.
1: (laughs) Most definitely. Most definitely.
0: How did you get into like bodybuilding and powerlifting? So I got into like bodybuilding, like the sports
1: I saw my dad do. I saw him go through the changes and, you know, be more masculine and, you know, be stronger. He he actually looked like someone that could hold his ground. He wasn't a pushover. I remember I would sneak into his room. I'd steal his P90X CDs. And I'd I'd play, and that's what I'd start off with in my room. Then my stuff, I would get pissed because I was in the room going through their shit. But I'm like, just trying to work out. Mm -hmm. But what actually got me into working out is I got bullied a fuck ton in high school. I was sophomore year, junior year-ish, maybe 120 pounds soaking wet at 5'9". I did nothing but play video games. I was a gamer kid. I joined the volleyball team because there wasn't really much of a tryout. You just kind of like joined the team because there wasn't that many people. And I noticed, you know, I couldn't even make varsity because I wasn't that athletically skilled. And I remember all on the playground growing up and stuff is like I had no athletic ability. I'd always be pushed around. I always, you know, would get rejected by girls. And it, it just wasn't the best, you know, school environment for me. I always hated school. I was always like that weird kid. Like everyone knew me, but no, I was never cool enough to actually ever hang out with anybody. I always had like one or two friends at a time. So when I figured out I couldn't make varsity, I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm tired of everyone not taking me seriously. I'm tired of being pushed around, and I can't even help other people. I have a big heart. I want to be able to help people. I'm like, that's it. I'm going to get big. So started with the P90X stuff junior year, worked my way into the weight room senior year, and by the um, time football and wrestling season came around, senior year of high school. I was already bigger and stronger than every other player or wrestler on at my school at that time. And the coaches were begging me to join. I was 198 pounds. I was the only kid in the school that benched 315. Like I grew really fucking fast, but I was also the kid now that everyone hated because I brought, I brought my, my chicken and my fucking cold, stinky eggs to class. All my teachers were like, why the fuck are you eating? I, I will never forget. I had a physics teacher completely forgot her name because she's. Kind of a biatch. (laughs) But they got a physics teacher from Poland with the harshest accent to teach one of the hardest sciences because it was a college-level class. Couldn't understand barely a word she was saying, but I'll always remember she looked at me and said, Joseph, no more eating in the class. You are like a breastfeeding child, always needing to eat. (laughs) Like, right right in front of God and everyone. I was sitting there like, Okay. So my smart ass brought a protein shake the next day. And I said, well, you didn't say anything about drinking.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's funny. You brought you bring up a a, a thick accent for class because actually in college, I had business calculus. And the uh, my teacher for that class was this guy from Germany. And just the oh thickest gosh. German accent trying to like teach math. And I suck at math. So trying right. to learn calculus with this guy's German accent was just unbelievably difficult.
1: Oh, my gosh. I know your pain. Yeah. I know your pain.
0: <laughs> so, um, okay. So you got into And then it sounds like, so your dad was a bodybuilder a little bit. Like, sounds like you have the genetics for it, for sure. Um, so I had Chuck Kohout on a few weeks ago. Mm. I don't know if you know Chuck. Chuck. He goes by Chuck Daddy on TikTok. He always gets kicked off. He's on his like eighth account now. i but, have him, know about him. Yeah. <laughs> so the funny thing is, if you look at his videos, you wouldn't you you wouldn't know. But he used to be a pro bodybuilder. Really? Yeah, yeah. And, and I told him that in the, in the interview I did with him too. I was like, dude, just looking at you, like, just no offense, but in the camera because it's just a headshot, pretty much, you can't tell. But he did a video once where. Uh, it was like one of those TikTok trends where you're standing there and then it it cuts to like all red. Mm-hmm. And and uh, when it did that, he like was shirtless and was like flexing and did like, uh, you know, a lat spread. And yeah. he was like just huge. And I was like, what the fuck? Like that? So anyway, I had to ask him like, yeah, and, and apparently, yeah, he com- competed in uh, Mr. America or something like that. So I asked him oh. on a, a recommendation on, building mass without gaining a lot of fat. Mm -hmm. And he basically like, I don't don't know if uh, you get questions, like I'm sure you do, Mm -hmm. but his recommendation basically was just like, you know, do a lot of drop sets until failure and stuff like that. And I was wondering if you had like a different recommendation.
1: So your your workout routine is never going to really dictate how much mass you actually get. Okay. Right. I can do drop sets all day long and not get any bigger if I'm not eating or sleeping the proper way. Okay. It's not just the lifting or it's not just the eating. It's not just the sleeping. The thing that makes bodybuilding, in my opinion, the hardest sport out there is because there are so many different variables that have to be on point. So like today, for instance, I was telling you about how I absolutely killed myself in the gym. Yeah. Well, now outside of that, I took a two hour nap because I was absolutely drained. I went into the hot tub just to massage and, you know, kind of relax a little bit, get my cortisol level down, which is, for those of you that don't know, cortisol is a stress hormone, right? It is one of the leading causes in depression, anxiety, just aging in general. It, it is basically one of the biggest killers. When your cortisol levels spike, your uh, inflammation goes up, everything's just achy, you feel like shit, and you feel lethargic. It's, it's the stress hormone. It's the one number one killer for any health advocate is stress and inflammation in the body. And then the rest of the day, I'm just eating protein. I'm eating whole foods. Tonight, I'm going to knock out and get a good night's sleep. Everything has to be on point. I'm pounding water. I'm pounding Mm -hmm. electrolytes. It is not ever just about the weights or just one specific thing in general.
0: Got it. Okay. Yeah. I I saw one of your lives too where someone asked you, like, how do you get shredded or something like that? And you were just like, just watch your macros or something like that. But I'm sure it's a little more complicated than that or not, your, not your macros, but watch your carbs.
1: Yeah. So here, here's the thing that people don't realize losing fat is a million times easier than gaining muscle. Cause if you're losing fat, all you do is just watch what you eat. Obviously you still have your workout routine. You still have your sleep. You don't need to go as hard,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but just stop eating the bullshit. Cut off the soda, cut out the sugars, eat whole foods, and just play around with it, especially if, like, the majority of Americans, if you're overweight, you will see results like that. It's when you start getting shredded or competition level where you really have to be meticulous, but that's not everyone. Right. At the end of the day, everyone may be, like, musty, you know, go down a couple waist sizes, feel a little bit better. Keep it fucking simple. Keep it as simple as you possibly can, because when you're building muscle, you have to break it down in the gym. You have to make sure you're working hard enough in the gym to break it down, and then during the bulking season, it is not uncommon for me to force feed myself like uncomfortably because I know I need to get the food in. It's not healthy at all. Please don't don't take what I'm saying as like me being a health advocate, but I'm also force feeding myself. It's like, no, bodybuilding is not a healthy sport at the competitive level.
0: Okay. Yeah, because I so my problem is, yeah, like you said, like losing weight is, is always been easy. You know, it's like, for me, it's like calories in, calories out, just X, you know, burn more calories than I take in. And I, and I slim down easy. Uh, but anytime I'm like, you know what, I think I want to, I think I want to pack on a little bit of muscle. That's, I just get fat. I just get fat because I, you know, I, mean, I, I, I I'm, I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Like I'm, I'm, e- I'm eating too much and I'm not lifting enough. Like, what is the balance here that I'm missing? And, uh, so yeah, so Chuck told me to, he's like, you know what, try try doing drop sets until you're just completely fucking wasted. And I was like, okay, I'll try that. And I actually have seen some results with that, but I'm not getting like huge mass or anything, but I'm also still trying not to eat so much because I'm just getting fat. <laughs> 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 fucking bullshit, man. Okay, uh, <laughs> so uh, one of the things that you offer is one a, uh, one-on-one one coaching. So mm-hmm. now I, I was looking through your, uh, it, it's like a link tree or whatever. So you offer no. like like life coaching, uh, trauma, breakups, etc., stuff like that. You want to tell us a little bit more about what it is that you do with your, your no. coaching?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So that's actually about to change, right? Um, I actually work with the developers personally with the StandWith.me site, which is supposed to be like a better more appealing alternative than a beacon, than a link tree. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be part of the first couple of people that they're rolling out with almost like just a click funnel. Like you open it up and it is just solely my coaching with the add-on if you want to get like a video or an audio book of mine or something or an ebook of mine or something that included, but I'm solely moving basically all towards coaching. Okay. I still have to play around with it on how I still want to market my podcast, and my community and my, my merch site. But with the coaching... I get people coming to me with questions about, you know, whether they're 19 and they're, you know, their girlfriend broke up with them all the way up to like I had a dude almost in his forties who is an ex correctional officer and his wife left him after, you know, 10 years of marriage and he doesn't know what to do. Or one that will always stand out for me, which is why we're incorporating this new platform. So you can actually see the reviews of the people that I coach and understand like, Hey, this legitimately fucking helps is a dad reached out to me. He showed up on my live, ended up DMing me. And it it broke my heart, but it also made me grateful at the same time. He was telling me how a conversation that I had with his son, a coaching call. And I remember this call very specifically. Um, The dude is having problems with a girl he was supposed to get married to. She doesn't appreciate him. And she basically just treats him like absolute shit. And the son was coping in a very negative manner, drinking, lashing out, very keeping to himself, internalized. What a lot of guys do, they don't talk about their feelings. Um, he had the coaching call with me, took every single one of my recommendations, I'm always sorry, even to the point where I told May, hey, if you know you end up ending it, don't cancel that honeymoon, don't cancel that vacation. Go on it by yourself and find yourself. He ended up doing that. And Mm. when he came back, the dad told me, he's like, it was like having my son again. He's like, I have never seen my son act like himself before. And he was just so happy and moving forward in life. And just overall, just a new person, it seemed like. Um, I found out his son actually passed. Mm. Not by his own hand, thank God. Still tragic. He was a first responder. The second story of the building had collapsed on him. And he didn't make it. That broke my heart. It really did. Um, Because he was doing good. He was doing better. What gives me that kind of that hope and what I hope a lot of people take away from this message is from the time of our coaching call to the time of his passing, he was living his life again. He was enjoying it all because he took that initiative to actually reach out to someone. And what I've gotten back is I'm a lot better to talk to than a therapist because one, I'm not just some dude with a piece of paper that doesn't give a shit about you and just will give you textbook answers. A lot of times I've been through similar shit, and I actually fucking care about the people I talk to. I still check up on them every once in a while. Like, I genuinely care with my whole heart, and it's almost like they can feel that. Like, I'm a real person. I fucking swear I'll tell you how it is. I'll tell you the shit that may hurt, but you need to hear, and can do so respectively. So with his son almost being himself again, he apparently had wrote me emails That he had never sent to me, almost like a journal. And he had sent me one of the emails. And dude, you can hear the fucking gratefulness and the joy in this man's heart. I swear to God, I almost shed a tear talking about how, hey, he got his dog back and he could, he's on day X, Y, and Z of not drinking and he has hope and goals in life. And, you know, he's going and it's like, holy shit. That means the fucking world to me. That right there shows me what my, what the Uncrowned Kings movement is doing. And what I'm taking all my extra time and resources to do is actually making a difference. It is actually genuinely helping people. And people are doing what this movement was purposed to do, which is giving men an outlet to live a better quality life, which is affecting other people, which is the whole goal of this movement. Help men get the best and most out of their life by taking care of themselves and bringing them to the best that they could possibly be, and in turn. That will have better repercussions in the relationship that they have in their life. This man had a better relationship with her dad because he started to actually take care of himself and, you know, live for himself and not let his past cripple him. That to me was the most amazing answer I could have ever gotten from God saying, hey, you need to keep going. You need to fucking make sure this is a thing because there are so many people out there that need help but are too afraid to reach out and get help. And so anyone listening to this, if you genuinely need help and you don't feel comfortable talking to people, reach out to somebody. It doesn't matter if it's a fucking TikToker or someone. As long as it's a genuine person and you reach out to them they care enough, do it. I feel horrible because I can't answer all the comments. I can't answer my hundreds of DMs I have of people reaching out. And I get it, it sucks that I get comments on my lives like, oh, you're just using people you're monopolizing on, on their pain. It's like, you don't understand. I get 15,000 comments a week. I get hundreds of DMs a week. I genuinely cannot help everyone. That's why I make broad videos to give you know general advice to people that I can take it. But if they really need help and want to take that step forward to initiate, that's when they book a call with me because they have my undivided time. They have my undivided attention and my unsolicited advice. That shows me you're taking those first steps like, hey, I want to get better. I'm not I'm not just DMing you just to bullshit, make me feel good. And then I'm going to forget about you five minutes later. It's like, no, I'm investing in you for that time so that I can get actual feedback and take those steps forward. I never end a call, just cold flat. Before I end every call, I make sure, what are your plans after this call? What are the first few things that you're going to do to make sure that this call does not go to waste?
0: One thing I, I just want to add to that too, that I don't think a lot of people realize, um, I follow a guy named Bob Proctor. He was in the the movie The Secret. He's, a, you know, motivational speaker type guy. And one of the things he talks about a lot is how important it is for people to pay for services like that because if they're if if they're paying, they're investing in it, it for themselves, and mm-hmm. they actually uh, will try harder. You know, if they know that they're putting, they have some skin in the game, basically. Yeah. And if you just go and get like a free call, you'll just take it and leave it and walk away and never change anything. But if you're actually like taking the time to invest your own money into it, you're more likely to get better results out of it.
1: Right. Right. Exactly.
0: How did you get into this business?
1: Um, It ended up coming from my old account, my first video to go viral. Was a video talking about you know what men really feel like when you tell them to man up when the situation doesn't deem you to man up, right? When they're trying to be open about their feelings or you know they're, they want they want to talk about some shit that's really eating away at them and you tell them to man up and get over it, how they just keep that bottle inside and that's big reason why men's suicide rates are so high is because we keep getting told to man up, but it's like I got all this shit on me I don't know where you expect me to put this so they feel like. Ending their life is the best escape, which is never the fucking answer. Never the answer. And so I had a video talking about that, and I was very passionate because I was almost speaking on behalf of all the shit that I've been told growing up and in relationships and, you know, the people I've been around. Whenever I've tried to express myself and I get told, you know, suck it up, get over it, or your feelings don't matter – And the video talked about my internal response to that, like what I'm feeling when I get told that shit. And so many people resonated with it. It's like, dude, you're fucking right. I feel the same thing. That video got 1.4 million views before my entire account got taken down. And watching that video blow up and the response that I got seeing how many men were actually struggling, I'm like, I need to do something about this there are so many people hurting right now without answers or without an outlet or without even, you know, that feeling of not being alone. Like I need to do something about this. So that's, that's the reason why I made my second account. I called it JB motivation because it's not just motivation with the gym. It's motivation with life or spirituality or that overall mindset. I, I wanted to shift it instead of just me running my mouth and just spitting out some bullshit. And every now and again, you get some motivation. It's like, no, I actually want to create content with a fucking purpose. Cause yeah. I don't know if I were told my old account, my, my username was the buff bartender <laughs> be, because my first TikToks were me making shirtless bartending videos bored during quarantine. So I figured okay. it's like, Hey, that's how you, that's how you fucking get views. That's must be how you get
0: famous. It is. It is for a lot of people. <laughs> Honestly, you know, you know, it's funny though. Uh, how you said that you uh you made the video and um you know you were just speaking from the heart and then it turned into something right like mm-hmm. one of the things like i i i really found about tiktok is um like i initially started doing even doing tiktoks just to promote the podcast you mm-hmm. know i was like oh, this is a good vehicle for you know just to spread the word about the podcast but having done it since uh, january it, it's, it's the same thing though. Like I get DMS all the time of people just saying, Oh my God, your videos have changed the game for me. Uh, you know, I, I, I went out there, I tried what you were talking about. It worked it, like, thank you so much. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, Jesus, I'm actually, I'm actually making a difference here. I'm not just marketing. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's actually been pretty fulfilling <laughs> to, to oh. switch from, Oh, th- I'm using this as a marketing, mechanism to, oh, this is actually changing people's lives.
1: Yeah. And it, it, it sucks though. Cause like, even I have my, my discord group, my following, it has the uncron Kings discord has 2,500 people in it, both men and women, which is amazing that there's women in there willing to support this community because they understand what it really means to be a respectable, moral man. Um, and I ask them like, Hey, what do you want? Like, what, what more could I do for you? And they go, Oh, more free shit, make podcasts, make a <laughs> yeah. YouTube video. But they keep asking more and more, not understanding that I don't do, yes, I do this full time, but this doesn't, this doesn't pay my bills, right. right? You guys keep asking more of me and wanting more of me. And it's like, then I need your support. I need you to buy my merch. I need you to get on coaching calls or, you know, support the podcast or something. So I can move away from my full-time job. Cause once I'm able to do this full-time, games on motherfuckers. I can do anything and everything with that kind of support and that kind of time. But until then, it's like, you're sitting here asking the world of me without even realizing what it actually takes to do all this in the background.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't think a lot of people realize uh, how difficult it is to um, like, just for me this week, just as an example, like I'm traveling, right. Which is uh, Mm -hmm. why I've got this bullshit set up here. (laughs) For those at home, going, what the fuck is up with this setup? Um, yeah, I'm traveling, so I'm in San Diego this week, and I don't know what it is about San Diego, but I can't find good wireless internet here. So I'm trying to, film, yeah, I'm trying to find like I'm trying to film TikToks, and then I have to upload them to to TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, and it's just ta- it takes all day just to upload one video, and I'm like,
1: you, you to why it's it. the, it's the Ridgeline that goes along the coast
0: mm-hmm. because
1: San Diego and all the cities are right in the water. And then right behind it is that ridge line in that coast.
0: Yeah. It, so is, that
1: that's what's fucking up everything.
0: It's crazy. Cause, cause I live out in the sticks, right? So like my normal, like TikTok videos and, and podcasts that people see, it's out in the middle of nowhere, but I have fiber internet to my house. And yeah. so like uploading videos all day is just, you know, it's, it's pretty easy for me, but out here I'm like, Oh my God, I can't make a single goddamn video out here. It's it's yep. trash.
1: Um, <laughs> I, I feel your pain.
0: So on your, on your coaching, I mean, do you have any like official training on this or do you just do a lot of self-study and just like so, self like life right, skills?
1: That, that, that's what I get a lot of scrutiny from some people who obviously haven't been following my content for a while and don't understand like the advice that I give is actually wholesome and true. I have no certification. I, I don't have a degree. I've never been one for college especially with the course that it's taking being so crippling and almost pointless at this. I have probably read 12 books so far this year, all on psychology and self-help on top of like the hours of videos and stuff just for more formal education, just because the books are written by, you know, doctors or people that have higher education than myself and they passed on knowledge. But a lot of it comes from life experience. Mm -hmm. A lot of it comes from me experiencing pretty much goddamn everything in life but not using it as a crutch and i don't know if it's just a god-given innate ability but to be able to relay that information appropriately and have it resonate with other people being able to take my experiences my thoughts my words and my actions and correlate that into a message that can resonate with someone else to get that thing to click in their brain and be like oh shit you're right and so it's like, I will always say, life experience and actual application will trump any just straight book knowledge or degree.
0: Sure. Yeah. One thing uh, I get a lot too, you know, people saying, you know, where are you getting this information? Are you like some kind of psychologist or, or are you just some guy with an opinion? And uh, I mean, the truth is, like, I'm just, I'm like an avid audiobook, like, Listener, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I listen to just countless audiobooks all the time. Some of them I've listened to eighteen times, twenty times, mm-hmm. and so I just I really have the the info down. And and really, like, what's the difference between someone that goes to college for eight years and takes some tests and you know has to write some papers? Instead of writing papers, I'm making TikToks. Instead of well, you know, right. and, and and it's like. There's no difference. You know, these guys right. read from a book and now they regurgitated it on paper and now they have a degree.
1: Exactly. So, like, hate me or love me when I say this to whoever's listening, I guess. But it's like college is meant for discipline and compliance. How well can you memorize facts that you probably don't even want to memorize and then be able to regurgitate it onto a test for a score? Whereas if you are interested in something, and actively seeking out that knowledge and really absorbing everything and wanting to put it into practice and utilize what you're learning, you'll retain so much more information and be able to better apply that information because you want it because you genuinely want that information. You're not just taking the fucking test or reading the book because you pay for it. And you need that piece of paper that says here, hire me. I'm worth something.
0: Yeah, I agree hundred percent. I think a lot of, uh, a lot of people don't understand just like the value of, of self-education and stuff like that. And and, and when you self-educate, like I explain this to my kids, you know, I say my parents used to tell me, you know, if you don't have a bachelor's degree, you're not going to be anything in this world. And I don't tell my kids that anymore. I say, look, you need to figure out what you want to do for a career. And then if college is required for it, yeah, go to college. But if not find out what you need to do to do that career, yep. but don't waste money on college. And That's you know, true. And if you want to learn something, go to the library, get it, get an audible subscription or something, you know, like. Right.
1: I mean, my my dad's extremely old school. He's the only thing I ever learned from that man, which is a blessing and a curse at the same time is work. Just fucking all I ever saw that, that man do was just work. And then he went to college later on in life once he was a little more established. And then he worked some more, obviously not using his degree whatsoever. Of course. But he always told me, he's like, Joey, get yourself a good job, get a degree, work, work your ass off, take care of your family, and hopefully you can retire by a good age. And I'm like, I I, I can't do that. I'll go stir crazy in a fucking office setting. And when I told him that, you know, I'm starting my own company, I'm starting my own business, like, this is what I want to do. I've always wanted, you know, to work for myself or, you know, provide better value than under the thumb of someone else. He's always deterred from me. He's always been like, you're going to fail. You're going to, you know, so what happens if it's all these what ifs? I'm yeah. like that. I can't focus on the what ifs right now. I got to focus on the action. And so everything my my business, I literally just submitted all my paperwork to form my LLC and all the trademarks and copyrights. So the Uncrowned Kings and JP Motivation can have that sense of legitimacy and be official. Um, Everything about that, I taught myself. I taught myself business. I taught myself marketing. I don't know if you've checked on my website, uh, my merch website at all. I designed everything on that site myself. Everything from the links to the hyperlinks to the fucking design of it to the layout of it to the transitions, everything. And I learned how to market and read the numbers and read the projections and what I need to do in email marketing, everything. I didn't go to school for that. Mm -hmm. But in three months, I made about $10,000 that I took and reinvested in everything so I can keep growing and helping people.
0: Yeah. Have you have you read uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Of course. Of course yeah. I have. That's a, What you were telling me about how uh, your dad says, Oh, get a job, do this, and that like that's exactly like what he, he describes his 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 poor dad, of, yeah. you know, basically saying, Hey, you know, get a job as a teacher and you know, hopefully you get a good pension someday. And mm-hmm. you know, and that's where a lot of how a lot of us are raised. And it um, is
1: because college is basically geared. To make you a nine-to-five worker, it is made to produce workers. It's not made to produce business owners or free thinkers or whatever. And you can't even tell me otherwise because yes, everything's so inclusive, and you know it's where you find yourself and all that shit. You say one thing against that college curriculum or that a certain teacher doesn't like, they will kick you out of class. They might kick you out of the school, or you'll be societally, societally, you'll be shunned by society due to the societal standards that are placed in that area.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely it's like an old boys club No. Yeah. <laughs> um so speaking of uncrowned kings you mentioned that a couple times uh and i'm s- strictly talking about the the podcast now when did your when did your uncrowned kings podcast launch
1: um probably mid to late august okay mid to late august
0: And uh, why did you decide to go into podcasting specifically?
1: Um, Well, I kept getting people wanting me to elaborate more and more on videos. They wanted me to offer something else. I've always wanted to do podcasting just because I like to run my mouth. And (laughs) I can can say stuff on my podcast or on a platform like yours or whatever, where it's more open. And I can say shit that isn't going to get us banned. I can say the things that aren't going to, Get us flagged. If you want to listen to us, cool. Listen to us. If not, guess what? You don't have to fucking listen to a single word I say. So it's like my last podcast I put out. I know everyone is putting out oh 9/11 memorial videos or pictures or whatever. Or yeah, that's cool. I got with my old uh my old vet buddy, one of my business partners who was in the Navy. We recorded a 40 minute podcast just right then and there, talking about all the bullshit that's going on. And we called everyone out on their shit and basically saying like, hey. We we either need to bring everyone together on this and work together and understand that if we don't love each other and recognize and respect our differences, we are fucked.
0: Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you talking about like how uh, I try not to get into politics too much on, on on this podcast? But are you talking about how like everyone's so divided, right? Like it, it, vaccine versus unvaccine, Republicans, yeah. Democrats, like everything yeah. is so divided. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: a, a label on everything, and it was like we weren't coming at anybody. But just simply calmly, hey, we need to fucking start loving each other and start recognizing that just because we disagree doesn't mean we have to fucking hate each other. So a good point that we brought up is like, I'm a quote unquote Christian. I don't really identify with, you know, such a religion like that because I feel like it got tainted over the years. But I, Jesus, I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. He's a quote unquote pagan. He believes in the Norse gods, which is, should be a major, huge difference. Like technically, I'm supposed to hate him or he's supposed to, I don't. I don't even know, but like, he's one of my closest buddies. He's been with me probably for over a year now, helping me grow everything. Like, yeah.
0: You know, you know, what's funny is and I don't think a lot of people realize this because a lot of people are just sort of fed by the media, um, the mainstream media, not podcasts, private <laughs> media, you know? Right. Right. I mean, this is media too, but, but still, I mean, the thing is a lot of things that were, that divides us, right. You know, like social, they're all social issues that at the end of the day don't necessarily impact our lives, but it's like the media and the government keeps you focused on the dumb shit so that you don't pay attention to the serious shit that they're doing on the back end, you know? And once people wake up to that and realize, you know what? Who gives a shit if you're gay? Who gives a shit if you're a pot smoker? Like no one cares. You know, oh, you like to shoot guns? Awesome. Who gives a fuck about that? What are they they doing to us? You know, like once people realize that, I think uh, we're going to be in a better situation.
1: Right. So it's like I I get a lot of ridicule. I mostly get a lot of ridicule in my life because people just come on and just start throwing haymakers at me.
0: Yeah, I saw. I, I was on that one time, and someone's like, "Oh, what is this? A Trump party?" You weren't even talking about politics.
1: Exactly. <laughs> people saying I'm stuck in the closet or I'm in transition. Just people just outwardly projecting their insecurities. But it's like I get a lot of scrutiny for the the cornering question of like, do you support the LGBT community? And I put it very clearly because um, the moment I say I'm Christian, they immediately think I hate gay people, and it's like, no, I hate corrupt movements that are selfish and don't do good for what they were truly intended. And I put it as this, any sort of organization or government or religion or whatever that was true at heart and with it began is awesome. So like the feminist movement, black lives matter, LGBT, the, the way, the way they started was great. Cause it was wholesome. It was for that good cause, right? They were actually, the whole purpose was to help people then they got away from that and now it's just pushing it down each other's throats it got Mm -hmm. greedy. it fell victim to human sin and all this other bullshit and i put it this way i characterize you based off who you are as a person are you someone that's going to push it down my throat are you an asshole how do you love people how do you respect do you work hard for what you have are you a respectable moral human being do you wish other people you know love instead of pain Mm -hmm. that's how I determine whether or not I'm going to fuck with you. That's how I determine whether or not I'm going to like you. I don't give a shit about what other things you're associated with. How are you as a person? And that'll determine whether or not we can get along.
0: Yeah. Yeah. As it should be. Right. By the uh, judge people, by the the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Right. That's the dream.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. People seem to lost sight of that one. Real fast.
0: It's uh, yeah. It's interesting times. So, All right. So, so back to the podcast, then how how often do you drop new episodes?
1: I'm trying to get it weekly. I'm trying to do something weekly. It's hard again, because we had talked about before finding guests that are actually going to follow through and actually be on. And it's hard, especially because I don't have a professional setup. Mm -hmm. I know we ran into some troubleshooting, you know, when you're on my podcast, it's like, I'm just doing what I can with in the situation that I'm in, but still trying to provide that value that people see. So no, it may not be the best quality. No, it may not be that picture perfect, amazing sounding, professionally edited, whatever. But if you actually listen to the message of what I talk about, the value is there, which is what I hope people are going to understand.
0: They, they will. If you ever go back and listen to like the first episodes of this podcast, like the audio mm-hmm. quality is trash. Uh, I was using I was using like a headset that I had, you know, just for the audio. It slowly has gotten better. And fi- this, this latest microphone I got because one of... Uh, the one of the subscribers was like, he's a audio engineer. And he's like, dude, you need to get a better mic, bro. <laughs> he sent me a link to some mic that like went through some kind of condenser mixer, professional setup. I was like, dude, I'm not doing all that. But I, but the same company makes a USB one. I was like, I'll go with the USB one.
1: <laughs> and it's, yeah, I as think soon as, it's, as soon as they start adding that little box that you plug everything into and then it plugs into the PC or whatever. I'm just like, I don't, no. I don't know what's going
0: I'm not, not, I'm not doing all that. This is a USB mic. It seems to work pretty good. Uh, if you don't like it, find another podcast. I don't give a shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So we're coming up, uh, we're coming up on a, an hour here I don't want to take you, uh, take up all your time tonight. You're good. Let me ask you then, uh, just, a, just a couple questions about your personal life then. Yep. Um, so you're you're a single guy. I think the last time we talked, I was we were doing your podcast. Yep. And yep. you had recently just just broke up. Did you, did what's going on with that situation?
1: No idea. No idea. Apparently we're kind of working things out. Kind of taking it day by day. Um, we're technically still together, um, but it's I feel like it's almost a conversation every single day of like what's going on. You know, it, it's almost to the point where I'm afraid to even talk about what's really going on on my social medias and stuff, because she watches all my shit. And if I say one thing out of line of that, you know, makes her look bad, I'm fucked. Mm-hmm. I'm fucked for even expressing what it really is. It's like I don't want a lot of people, but I also don't want to sit here and bitch or sound like that dude that just constantly bitches about a situation. You know, face value. On social media, our relationship is fucking fantastic. We need to take care of our business on the back end. And then I have my support group of friends that just kind of help me figure things out. Um, because when you're in a situation, it's very hard to see what's really going on because love is blind. You really don't know full hand of the extent of what you might be in. So I use my friend group a lot to kind of help guide me, like, hey, this fucked up, or hey, this where you fucked up, whatever. But gonna lie to you? I don't really even know what's going on and honestly she's kind of told me she doesn't really know either or like what's the point it's it's a very weird dichotomy because i'm I'm on my growth stage right now right i'm working full-time i'm bringing up a company bringing up a whole movement with a very loyal and amazing and loving following but it's like i feel like she doesn't want to grow with me and she doesn't understand and it's like no i can't be the only one doing everything, you need to change too, you need not even change work on yourself or improve on yourself too, and what I've noticed is what she doesn't understand is words have meaning, right it, when, when you're in a relationship, words have meaning, and the things that you say when you're angry you fucking stick and so a lot of things that were said, you know during fights or arguments, they stick, and obviously I'm not gonna act the same, it's gonna be very hard after you let those things out in the air and it comes at me, it's going to be very hard for me to want to hype you up, show you all that love and appreciation, go above and beyond. I was like, in the back of my head, all I can think about is what's happened. And whenever I try to bring it up, I can't. Mm. And you're not even holding true to the word or the things that you said you were going to do. But then I get with as the bad guy for not going above and beyond or not making you feel as beautiful as you need to be or not making you feel like special enough. Well, it's like, why is it always that one-sided? You know, you recognize that I'm depressed, recognize that I'm going through this shit, but instead of, you know, working and improving on yourself to possibly bring us both up and bring us both better, you're just going to sit there and attack me while I'm down because I'm not acting in the way that I used to act. Now, realizing of the actions that had led me to that point,
0: Got it. Okay. Um. So that's still sort of up in the air. Then it sounds like.
1: <laughs> I mean, so, something's got to change, or nothing ever will. Sure. At this point, you know, it doesn't matter how much you love a person, you can't change them. Doesn't matter how much you know you try to help that person, they're gonna want to change on their own terms, or if they even feel like they need to change, and. You know, gentlemen, if you, if you guys are, I uh, get ladies too, because it applies to both, but if you're dealing with someone that has a neglect to change, it's not your fault, right? It's stuff that they have to come to terms with and deal with in themselves, and you, you can't force it. The moment you try to force it, that's when resentment happens, that's when fighting's going to happen, and you're sitting there going, why do I feel like the bad guy? Because I'm simply just trying to make us work together.
0: Yeah, you know, It's funny. Uh, this this whole podcast is based off of a book, uh, "How to Be a Three Percent Man." And a lot of that it, it, at the end it talks about relationships and stuff like that. And it it basically comes down to it. You know, he he puts it simply. You know, like you're either growing together or you're or you're growing apart. You know, at, at some point, you like you can be doing everything right and you can be trying to be the one giving and stuff like that. But it, you know, if they're not willing to put in that effort at the end of the day, you know, sometimes you yeah. just, you just, yeah. just go apart, you know?
1: Right. And I mean, the more time passes and the more, you know, I talk to my friends and my friends are very neutral. They'll call me out of my shit if I'm wrong. Although, you know, call someone else's shit if they're wrong. They're not those bogus friends that'll just feed me whatever I need to hear. My friends are grown. They're like in their forties almost. So they're over it. They're tired of the bullshit. They will say it how they fucking see it, and so I was really kind of self-evaluating on the, the quality of the relationship, right? And she talked about it last night. It's like, oh, we never, we never just sit down and we never like talk anymore. We never just hang out with each other. And I'm sitting there, I'm looking back because I quit drinking around her. I, I won't drink around her. Which when, when she starts to drink, she gets you know verbally abusive. I don't fuck with that shit. So I would like to remain sober and remain level headed. That way I don't say something stupid that I don't mean to say. Um, and I'm looking back and I'm like, every time we've had those those talks, those, you know, just hanging out, vibing, having a good time, whatever, I'm like, there's always been substance around, whether it's liquor, whether it's edibles, whatever. And so I put my foot down, I'm like, all right, you know, we're going to go to the ch- kitchen, we're going to hang out. And she just kind of, sat there and she's like, well, what do you want to do? I'm like, well, you said you wanted to talk, so let's talk. Let's, you know, hang out. I put on some music, whatever. Um, and it seemed like she didn't even get into a better mood until we both split in edible. And that's when, you know, she started being more open and goofing around and laughing and really opening up. And like sitting here thinking, because even if I, I have any, you know, liquor or inedible or whatever, I'm pretty level-headed. I'm very big on keeping my mind sharp and acute and accurate. So I'm still very aware of the situation. So I'm evaluating the situation. I'm just sitting there thinking like, you couldn't even open up or really let loose to be yourself or be joking or funny or dance with me in the kitchen or whatever until you felt like you were starting to get a little high. And, you know, you already had a couple of drinks or a drink or whatever. I'm like, that to me is not quality, spending quality time together. That means you need something to feel like yourself to suppress whatever other emotions there are to be able to open up and be yourself. It's like, no, you're just putting a bandaid over an issue.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely seems that way. All right. uh, Let's see here. So you, you mentioned before that you, you have a son with, uh, do you have any other kids or just, just your son?
1: No, just the one, just the one.
0: Do you you, uh, have a relationship with him then?
1: No, not at all.
0: Last time I saw him
1: was Black Friday in November in 2019. Um, And that was when she had found another dude. But obviously, she was still trying to get at me because I'm the baby daddy. I'll always be the first pig should that option be open, which is a bullshit fucking excuse. Mm -hmm. But basically, once I put my foot down and I said... I don't want to be with you. First of all, that's unfair to the guy you're currently with. He was a nice dude. Mm -hmm. He never did wrong by my son. So I never had a problem with him. Um, but especially when I told her I didn't want to sleep with her, because that's something I I will always be ashamed of is like when we were still going back and forth and not officially together, whatever, I would give in because she would sexually harass or assault me, whatever, by feeling me out, touch me out, just trying to get me in the mood. Um, which a lot of women don't realize just because he's hard doesn't mean he's in the mood. But basically I would just give into that pressure just because I know if I eventually gave in, I'd be able to see my son. I'd be able to spend time with him. I'll still be able to have that contact. And it's like, I, I can't do it anymore. It's eating away at me. It's killing my integrity. It's, you know, killing my mindset. I feel like I'm degrading myself just to be able to, you know, see him. And from what I've heard, it's not uncommon for guys to, you know, put up with that shit just to have relations with their kids, which is horrible. Mm -hmm. But once I kind of lay down that law and I'm like, no, I I can't do this to myself anymore. You know, I'd like to just have a completely platonic relationship with you so I can still be a part of his life and support him. However, he needs to be supported. I do not want to sleep with you anymore. Immediately cut off like that. Wow. And I haven't or she hasn't reached out to me since spite me reaching out to her ever since then.
0: Have you, uh, have you tried taking it to court or you just trying to avoid court or what? Um,
1: no, I definitely do not want to avoid court because with someone like her, uh, court is definitely needed. Mandates are definitely need to be put in place along with a mediator. Cause there's no talking to her crazy ass. Um, it's the thousands of dollars that yeah. court would take. So I got on the Marine Corps November 12th and I was pretty much homeless for about three weeks. I was living out of my tiny sports car. The situation on my mom's house, which I kind of fell back into, got way too toxic and she kicked me out. Um, and then I was trying to, you know, get on my own feet, find a secure job. Well, I got a secure job, then COVID hit. Mm. Then I ended up having to take on loans to get myself through those six months until my job opened back up again. So it's like that constant struggle of trying to get situated. Now the situation that I'm currently in is just so all over the place, and it's like I don't have the extra resources to drop the thousands and thousands of dollars to not only start court but also finish it too. Yeah, because yeah, I can pay the fifteen hundred dollar retainer, but I might not be able to pay my car bill. Right. It, whatever I can. And, and I can
0: it, it, it never stops at fifteen hundred dollars either because I. Exactly c- right.
1: Yeah, because like this. I know it's going to be not fifteen hundred dollars. It can be fifteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars.
0: Yeah, when I when I went through my divorce, uh, most of it was fighting cut for custody stuff, and it, dr- it drug out for a whole year. Like there, like lawyers, and I've had a, I have a lawyer that's been on the podcast a couple times. He's a friend of mine.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: he's a lawyer in Louisiana, but I mean, like they just. And I, and I love this guy too, but, but lawyers are sleazy as shit and they will like, it's all about strategy and it's all about like stalling things. And so they, they file motions to drag shit out longer. And then you know, meanwhile, they've got to, you know, now they've got to call you and strategize and now it's, that's $250 an hour right there. And it's like, Jesus Christ, man, they nickel and dime the shit out of you. It's a total racket, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's frustrating, man. I feel for you. Well, I do have to let you go. (laughs) So we're, we're going to have to, we're going to have to end it, Joe, but can you tell people where they can, they can find you?
1: Yeah. I mean, anything in related to social media, it's all JB motivation, seven, 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 because that's a good number. Um, it's the complete number. It's a good number. Instagram, TikTok, that's all JB motivation, seven, 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 I have a Facebook group that's not really active, but the Discord community if you guys are interested in that is the Uncrowned Kings Discord. Same thing with my podcast, the Uncrowned Kings Podcast. And then just, you know, check it out, see what I offer if I'm about it. Cool. All
0: right, I'll put a I'll put a link to all this stuff in the in the show notes as well. So if good you guys deal. want to follow him, he's he's actually a really good dude. Uh his TikTok videos are awesome. Uh, he has like 500,000 followers at the time of this recording and He's, uh, he's got some really good stuff. I like following him for sure. So definitely, definitely check him out. Absolutely. All right. We'll
1: definitely have to do this again.
0: Yeah. Have, yeah. You're welcome we back, back anytime, talks. man.
1: Likewise. Yeah.
0: We, have, we always have some good discussions. All right, brother. I'll chat with you later. All right, man. Sounds good. Joe, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for bearing with me when I had to uh, cancel that first night. I really appreciate it. I mean, to be fair, you did cancel uh, our the, the first scheduled episode too, because you had too much stuff going on. So I think we're even now. I think we're even now. But it was a great conversation. I love what you're doing with the Uncrowned Kings podcast. I love what you're doing with uh, men in general and mental health. It's all great stuff. If you guys are interested, you should definitely check out his podcast, The Uncrowned Kings. You can check it out on Spotify, and I will post a link to that in the show notes. All right, guys. We'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Come On Man. If you are new to the podcast, I highly recommend reading How to Be a 3% Man by Corey Wayne at least 10 to 15 times. I recommend you watch his coaching videos on YouTube, and I recommend that you engage with other 3% men in our 3% Man Facebook group. Links to all of these are in the show notes. If you like this episode, please give us a good rating on your favorite podcast platform of choice and share with all your bros. Now go out and get it.